Roosevelt Hem Street was pouring himself a cup of coffee when Eloise Hunter buzzed the detective's offices. Her strident voice came abruptly through the intercom and made Roosevelt spill a little coffee. He grimaced and mopped up the puddle with a paper napkin and kept his mouth firmly shut. Technically, it was possible that if he pretended to be invisible, then the highly irritating clerk would think that everyone was out to lunch and cease her incessant bleating. Eloise had the concerted opinion that she was God, and that the detectives on the third floor of the Shreveport Police Department were her exclusive errand boys. It didn't matter to her in the least that she was a clerk, weighed eighty-five pounds, and the top of her head didn't clear Roosevelt's belly button. Oh, y'all up there, stop messing around and answer, please, she said loudly. After a blessedly short interval of exalted silence, I got a gal out here who says she knows where that kid is. Roosevelt froze in place. It was hard for him to do so, standing six foot four inches and weighing in at two hundred and twenty pounds, as broad as the proverbial barn door. He seemed a graceless giant, despite the fact that he could move quite silently when it was necessary. What made him freeze was the reminder of why all the detectives in the P.D. were working at the same time and had been since the previous day. There was only one kid on the large man's mind, and on the minds of most of the police department personnel that day. The boy was four foot nine inches and weighed sixty pounds. He had light brown hair and brown eyes and sun-tanned skin. He liked to play arcade games. He was learning how to rollerblade, but he wasn't much good at it. One of his teeth was missing in the front, but the kid didn't mind that because it meant he could make disgusting slurping noises in front of his sister. His sister had spent an inordinate amount of time detailing her older brother's habit to the detective the previous evening, even while tears leaked out of the corners of her eyes. Eloise's heavily accented voice screeched out of the speaker with the coup de grace that broke Roosevelt's reverie. It was a shot to the head that effectively killed his resistance. Y'all know the trend, kid. All y'all stop this nonsense. I know one of you all is up there. Roosevelt sighed. He threw the soiled napkin into the garbage and checked his suit. No crumbs on the tie, no stains on the shirt or the lapel. Dark blue wasn't his best color, but his wife had given him the suit to commemorate his promotion into the ranks of detective, so he wore it anyway. He brushed a little dandruff off his shoulders and looked longingly at a chocolate eclair that had his name on it, his stomach acknowledging the fact that meals had been scarce since the boy had gone missing. Doubtless, by the time Roosevelt was done sorting the ins and outs of a potential witness, who would probably turn out to be a flake, the other detectives would have swooped down and devoured the last eclair without so much as a by or leave. One of his big fingers stabbed the intercom. I'll be down in a minute, Eloise. 
My name is Miss Hunter, Eloise replied primly. Don't you forget it, detective. His finger released the button, and then Roosevelt said under his breath in a falsetto, My name is Miss Hunter, and I wear my control-top pantyhose too tight for my circulation, which means my little sourdough-looking head is about to pop off my neck. He smiled grimly at no one at all, punching the button again and saying with dour determination, I'll be there in a minute, Miss Hunter. Roosevelt released the button once more and cogitated on the fact that he was a Yankee. Sure, he had been born in Shreveport, but he had committed the unpardonable sin of being raised in Oregon by his Aunt Carlita. It didn't matter that technically Oregon wasn't really where Yankees came from or that they never had originated from that state. He looked black, but he talked like a northerner. 